0: Oh. Mm. Uh, hello. Hello, is your dear dearest dearest host, Javi. And it's the bottom crack of dawn here. It is so early. Um my bags are so droopy and I haven't had a sip of tea yet. I'm sort of casually thinking about or not to sip this tea because I had the I mean you don't want this at sort of 5.45 in the morning but I had the situation where I am a bit of a milk sniffer hold my hand up I am definitely a, uh, a milk sniffer and the uh, the milk's sort of on the turn a little bit I think been in there for about a week and a half and I took a whiff this morning And, I mean, it didn't curdle my stomach immediately, but I'm thinking it's a little bit suspect. So it's a little bit suspect. Um, It's on the turn, but I need some tea. And you know me well enough now. If I'm going to have tea, then I definitely need a dash of milk. So I'm going to try this right now. I'm just using my my little pen here to... Dunk the tea bag to get that colour to that. Talk about this reddish hue that you need for a cup of tea. So I'm just like stirring it around here. Oscillating. Oscillating it around, darlings. And uh okay, I, I I just need this to, to continue, just uh, excuse me a moment, just excuse me a moment here. Mm. Ah. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's really. I think that's sort of hitting the spot there. Oh, that's a good cup of tea. But there's a slight hint, you know, how you have a feeling of uh, impending doom. Drinking uh, slightly, uh, slightly rotten milk is probably not the best way to start a Friday, I'd say. Well, hope you're very well. Hope you're up and about, up and atom, on this uh, on this Friday. Uh, this middle Friday in September, have you started your Christmas shopping yet? No. Nor have I. Have I contemplated Christmas shopping yet? No. I mean, that's the issue you have when you have um, uh, children uh, who have uh, birthdays towards the end of the year. I mean, you can't even contemplate. You can't even contemplate Christmas shopping until... Uh, you know, the back end of the year because they've already had that's one thing that if you have children and they have their birthdays towards the end of the year, I, it should you should be allowed to get a more minimal sort of Christmas present. It, it's just because you've, everything's being pummeled, financially pummeled into that end that end quarter of the year. But that's the way, you know, if you, if you like conceiving at Christmas time, you're going to have kids uh, towards the end of the year. And that, you know, that's seems to be my, uh, I don't know. You know, after a couple of glasses of sherry, um, maybe a couple of mince pies, maybe that's the time of time of year that I'm at my most randy Christmas time. But beware for all of you randy holiday folk make sure uh, you realise that the expense will be hitting you in September and October for about 18 years. So make sure you budget it. You know. So if, you're, if, you're, if your loins are enlivened at Christmas time, then make sure you financially plan for kids' birthdays. For the next 18 years in September, October. <sighs> there we go. And relax. So if I make it through the show drinking curdled milk, it might be a, a nigh-on small miracle. But I am here. It is incredibly dark. You know when it starts getting so dark. It's, it's I mean, it's 6 o'clock and uh, it's still completely pitch black outside and that's how it is and then they turn the clocks back I mean that's one of those ludicrous decisions I've ever seen you turn the clocks back and it's still dark at like 6.30 in the morning how are you ever going to get up? anyway I'm sure for you morning larks you need something very cheerful, very boisterous to get you out of, uh, out of bed. Um, and for you, li- you, know, for you lot listening maybe in the wee hours of the morning, maybe you need something to send you to sleep, I think I have the perfect antidote for you. It's this podcast. So, coming along on the show today, we're going to be discussing uh, my possible near miss when it comes to a career. I did consider a new career as an online Peloton coach. So these are the, uh, these are the incredibly excited individuals um, who probably at the moment are online in some you know, distant Timbuktu uh, situation and they're trying to fire up their Peloton pupils all around the world. This is the online biking. You know, and they're they're almost like hyped up, caffeinated ADD Sergeant Majors on bikes. They're uber positive, but a little bit of like overly, uh, overly positive and too much micromanagement whilst on the peloton. I mean, it's scary to me. I mean, these peloton coaches can see you and see what you're doing it seems it's uh it's it's almost like big brothers watching you but it's big brother big sister peloton coach watching your every move it's 6 30 but you need to be pedaling quicker so I'm, i'm considering a new career as a peloton coach uh also the uh always lovely to see medication that uh, helped improve the ball size in rats as they get older yes my very friendly artificial intelligent elves that seem to follow me around are sending me articles on the size of ball rats uh the size of balls in rats once they take some of this uh, this medication absolutely lovely uh, also my uh, more more news from my uh, Extra friendly doorman. This guy's an absolute pain in the arse seriously. I, I need to block him out. But we'll be talking about that as well. Uh, toilet paper dispensers. I know we're hitting the high notes here on the podcast today. Um, also, uh, turmeric in the eye. It seems to be a. They're using turmeric for everything now, aren't they? Um, what's the earliest in the day that you've wanted ice cream? Um, <laughs> so decided to watch the walking dead uh, yeah big fan of the walking dead but you know what don't watch four of them in a row we'll be talking about that later um also my thoughts on uh, wearing an apple watch in the shower um i actually did come across some cyclists that are slower than me and that's not my whole thing if i'm on a bike i'm probably slower than when i'm walking um britney spears engagement we'll be there looking at that uh, we'll be talking about Rangel the Rasta. Uh, why uh, why wear sweatpants? Why wear sweatpants for school? I'm not a huge fan of the sweatpants. Um, and uh, chins are back. Is the beardies brave a bear? New world. Uh, bottoms up. Angleterre. Why English wines are having their moment in the sun. Not all carbs are bad. You'd be pleased to hear that. Dently challenged. Great white shark. Reach cage drivers or divers. Even I have to, I have to put my teeth in this morning. And billboard hailing Donald Trump as the second coming of Jesus Christ appears in Georgia. But I'm going to leave you at this on on this note uh, in this little intersection. Um, why don't you? You know, it's early, but why don't you try to put together your gangster name? Okay, so all you need for your gangster name is the color of your shirt and the last thing you ate. Who are you? The color of your shirt and the last thing you ate. In my case, when I first saw this, I basically would have been Pink Herringbone Mac and Cheese. So my rapper name is Pink Herringbone Mac and Cheese. So I do like to be greeted by an amusing news story. And I think those uh, little AILs who do uh, content for one's device, content for one's device, are beginning to know the sort of stories that I really, really like. And this popped up just as I started the podcast here. The Dutch are the world's tallest people, but they're shrinking now you know you have flying dutchmen but now you're having shrinking dutchmen now you don't want a dutchman with a little bit of shrinkage going on that'd be awful so last year 20 percent of dutch young men more than one in five were six foot two or taller the netherlands still boasts the tallest people in the world but according to research published on friday the towering dutch are shrinking the diminution of the famously giant populace is partly explained by the immigration of smaller people from other countries and their children being born in the Netherlands. But the mystery surrounds the reason why people who were exclusively Dutch roots are defined as parents and grandparents having born in the same country and not as tall as they used to be. The Dutch are getting taller on average until 1980 before growth stalled. Men born in 1930 were an average 8.3 centimeters shorter than the 1980 average. Last year, 21% of Dutch young men, more than one in five, were six foot two or taller. In the 1950s, this is about 3%. Only 12% of young Dutch men were shorter than five foot nine last year. Nearly one in ten girls born around 1980 grew to at least five foot nine. So you've got some Amazonian Dutch goddesses out there. Women born in 2001 are average 1.4 centimetres shorter than those born in 1980. So you've got uh, parents with you know, much, much. The statistics agency surveyed 719,000 people born in the Netherlands for the research. Gert Stolp, that's a great touch name, Gert Stolp. Gert Stolp of the University of Groningen said people are shrinking elsewhere in the world. Yeah, it's, it's, shrinkage is going on all over the place. That's why there's so many these adverts around. In the United States, for example, growth is levelling off and women are shrinking slightly. This may be due to the fact people are eating less well, less varied, more fatty foods. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a diet of Twinkies. Twinkies are the problem. If you're, if you're eating too many Twinkies and too many donuts, it's stunting your growth. Because I think all that fat, uh, all that gluten, is uh, it's seriously causing you all sorts of issues. It's stopping the little growth areas from stretching you out, people. So men from Montenegro, Estonia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, almost as tall as the Dutch, who retain their title of the world's giants. Like the Dutch, they're an average taller than five foot, five foot nine inches. You'd think there'd be like dating websites over there because women are always talking about how they like tall men. Okay, I mean seriously though, there should be a website out there for women who only want Dutchmen. And if you like a you know big tall glass of water, then. Dutchman only you log on for your flying Dutchman hopefully not your shrinking Dutchman but you don't want a dating website advertising shrinking Dutchman you want to know that they're in their prime they're in their blooming growth period not uh, <laughs> not shrinking but uh, you know I think I've got the tagline for the website you know if you want your tulips entertained and go to Amsterdam. So I got a note through this morning suggesting pleading with me that I should uh, upgrade my uh, my iPhone. So like there's a big old picture of Tim Apple holding up uh, the new iPhone 13. Now, what's different between the iPhone 13? Don't get me wrong, I love Apple products. I'm sitting here amongst Apple products. It's like a cornucopia of Apple products, but you know, I'm sitting here at the moment, like thinking, well, you know, do I need to make an upgrade at this time? Is it, you know, is it something that I should uh, should really consider at this time? You know, do I need the sparkly brand new uh, Apple device? Um, you know, they're very good marketers, aren't they? I mean, I was talking to this, talking with my with my love, and uh, yeah, she, she's. You know not impressed not impressed with the whole apple family so to speak you know whereas me i delight over the granny smith the cox's orange pippin the pink lady i mean i'm just uh i want to take a bite out of every apple product here yeah, she's less impressed here but i mean I, what's different this year bigger space better video better camera better taking pictures at night Uh, you know all of that's uh, wondrous and the notch is smaller well you know what I think the notch in our brains the gap in our brains that allow us to be sucked into buying these devices and I'm the worst culprit of all my notch is huge my gap between the ears my notch is getting much much bigger because I want the latest sparkly new device and while the apple notch gets smaller, the notch between our ears becomes the Grand Canyon. Okay, so I'm thinking about my new career as a online Peloton coach. And as I said, these are the guys who are basically like early morning cyclist sergeant majors. They're they're on their they're on their bikes in You know they could be out there in nebraska with a video on themselves sweating you know these peloton bikes now i like a larger seat on my bike not that i'm a you know not that i'm like a tour de france cyclist or anything but they it's almost like they're sitting on the top of some sort of pole so first of all having some incredibly small seat to sit on when you've got a large ramp. uh you know it's a little bit of an issue so how do you you know if you if you a if you have a larger rump how do you first of all get on the peloton do you have other different size seats for pelotons out there because i need a double xl seat here you know for a saggy dad bottom actually i don't think i have a dad but my, my bottom's okay but i mean the uh it's like it's like my 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 father and my grandfather used to sh- sit on a shooting stick probably one of the most uncomfortable things you can sit on. You know, if you if you decide to uh, if you decide to, you know, have a break in the countryside, a lot of people have these shooting sticks. And it's like a piece of metal and it's uh, got a tight piece of leather over the hide area and you can sit down on it. You know, it's a shooting stick. A lot of people, you know, if they're out, I don't know, pheasant shooting or country countryside, uh, countryside sports I've really painting an image here of uh, of uh, country living. But, you know, it, it's really one of the most painful things. But the lever. There's no cushion on the lever. So you're basically feeling cold metal on your behind. And I feel the same way about the peloton. But, you know, you get all these guys. They're all around. You know, it's 6.30 in the morning. Come on. Get on it. Get on it. Get on it. You know. and they're, And that's what they're doing. They're, like, riling you up. You're, you're, you're uncaffeinated. You're exhausted. You're wearing probably the most baggy uh, jogging bottoms ever, uh, an old pair of shoes, and you know, instead of invigorating your day, it wants to wants to put you back to bed. But I think you know, there's a, there's a market out there. There's no market out there for these. Uh, These overly, uber-positive, aggressive Sergeant Majors on Peloton bikes. Shouting orders. Getting you riled up. Wee hours of the morning. You know, you've only had four and a half hours of sleep. But I think there is... There is an area for somebody like myself. There's a niche. Le petit niche. Where I could probably be a fit. And I thought about this. Thought about this over the week. I think... I could um, be a peloton coach on a penny farthing, so they're the old-fashioned, like 1850s bikes, with the extra-large wheel. Yeah, I think an extra-large wheel would be very supportive of my uh, of my uh, 40-year-old bulk. You know, I mean, definitely with a bigger seat. So penny farthing with a huge wheel and and a bigger seat for the ramp. You know, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm being videoed, I'm being streamed, you know. I don't think I'd wear, I don't think I'd wear the dad shorts. I might pair, wear a pair of like golf knickers, like a pair of plus fours, extra long socks, you know, compression socks, I think, pulled up very high, almost as high as my trousers would be, you know, the old man trousers right up to the nipples. And, uh, and I'd start advising my crew, maybe a loose cravat that you could take off, uh, you know, loose it, you take it off and tie it around your head, you know, for sweaty purposes. And, uh, you know, I have my crew here peddling away. I'm, I'm more of a gentle sort of afternoon uh, in the summer type of pace. Gentle, you know, maybe holding a cup of tea or a glass of pims. You don't want to spill that out there. So that sort of pace. And, uh, you know, as I'm going along, I'm, I'm prompting and coaching advising and encouraging my audience, you know. Come on, old boy, pedal up. You know, after the next mile, we can uh, have a sip of tea and a slice of cake and everyone will be lovely there. Okay, come on now, you know, you know, stretch those buttocks. Stretch those glutes. Come on, Tabitha, there'll be tears before bedtime if you don't pedal up. Pedal up, my dears. I think this I think this could be a a, a little area of entrepreneurship for your dear host Chappie. i mean you wouldn't really get too sweaty you might have a a slightly clammy upper top lip that type of thing but my biggest fear though with a penny farthing though just imagine i mean is there like a big old chain on that because i remember you know cycling as a child not that i was in it any good and always often ended up tumbling over the handlebars with tennis rackets and things. Um, But, I mean, is there a huge chain, like a bike chain? Now, that would really sort of mess, an oily bike chain in the middle of a Peloton stream, that coming off could cause all sorts of uh, shenanigans. So, ladies and mantelpieces, I want to give to you. I want to give back to you. I want to once again reveal to you that chins are back. Chins are back in as Brave braver bear. New world. The love affair with the hipster facial hair is nearly over. Thank God. God bless it. Let's celebrate the good times. Come on. At Edward Hollander Barbershop in the City of London, the manager, Charlie Sublani has had his scissors for this moment. There's been a lot of fixing to do, he says. The past 18 months have been a fraught time for facial hair. Unable to seek professional remedy and freed from office grooming standards, men around Britain and the world have grown a bit. Smooth shavers become lazy. Lockdown zooms are on the fuzzy side. People grew it out regardless of whether it suited them and regardless of what colour it is. While lockdown encouraged even more men to join the trend, in the aftermath we're seeing the first signs that beards might be falling out of favour. Hooray! There are definitely less than we were. People aren't growing them back. Much clean-shaven or stubblers back. The beard is harder than it looks. It's in the nature of beards to come and go. In the 18th century, they were a sign of degeneracy. And that's my point now. Beards of degeneracy. Boring and comfortable shaving was the manly thing to do. In 1834 books said beards were only, if at all, excusable in the lowest labourer and the mechanic. Twenty years later, they are back in, inspired by the brave hairy soldiers forging the empire. By the 1920s, they're out again before revival among left-wing post-war lefties. Jeremy Corbyn continues to fly the flag. Professionals got rid of them in the 1980s to distance themselves from that lot. For the past decade or so, they've been proliferated wildly, spreading out from Hackney cycle repair shops and cold-pressed coffee shops into less respectable professions, lawyers, doctors, and accountants. For the handful of young men who hadn't experimented with a beard, lockdown presented the perfect opportunity. I look like a Nazi U-boat captain when I grow a beard. I started mine in May 2020, says Sam Wilson, a church worker from Antricham. I was working from home and felt curious. Then I shaved it off this May because I was feeling a bit disheveled and thought it would make me feel better. Although at the same time, all that work had literally gone down the sink. It was freezing. But I also felt very naked. A barista, not a barista, friend who wishes to remain anonymous, went on to say I had a beard and a moustache and got rid of the beard. It was too scruffy and trimmed in the moustache. I represented a client at the hearing with a Peter Sellers look. It seemed to go down fine with the judge. For the long-term beardies, the nationwide chin-hair cult of 2020, killed off by any lingering illusions of canticulturalism, I'd had a massive beard for 15 years, said Ed Oxley, co-founder of the Yorkshire clothing brand. People in pubs would ask if they could touch it and would shout Gandalf, Taliban or Land Ho at me across the street but all the attention stopped. It wasn't the outliers or the outlaws anymore. Even estate agents had beards. By the end of the lockdown, I was ready for release from the hair. I hadn't seen my face for so long. I was curious, so I shaved it off. It was terrible, and I've gone back to it now. As an established beard wearer, uh, there's recognized mixed emotions. They seem to be a lazy option, but require maintenance. They also simultaneously conceal and draw attention to the face they're associated with, equally with young and old. Some women don't mind them on partners, especially once the hair grows past the cheese grater stage. I think that was always my trouble. You know, I have fluffy, frizzy beard hair, and it was like a fluffy, frizzy, extra sharp cheese grater. So we've been released and relieved from the awful beards out there. We've managed to get by the pandemic and, the beardemic but I do warn you warn you the listener out there beware a new but familiar interloper is coming back into our lives edging slowly meandering loping our way back into our lives We may have got rid of the beard, we may now be clean-shaving and soft-faced, beautifully manicured and coffered. But, I warn you, mullets are coming back. Beware of the mullet. In hairstyles, as in pandemics, those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. So those artificially intelligent elves have been busy at work again. They decided to send me an article about how a certain medication stops uh, ball shrinkage, testicle shrinkage in rats. So, you know, there are rats out there with one sizable inflated ball and uh, one that looks the size of a shriveled walnut, basically. So I, I think these... Artificially intelligent elves have the lowest opinion of me. You know, how do they know my ball size? I mean, I mean, what's what are they looking into? What are they? Are they peering from behind the shower curtain or something along those lines and see that I need help inflating one's balls? What an issue! I mean, but I get so paranoid I start measuring them. You know, how do you get a tape measure around your testicles? I mean, there's not much given a tape measure, but you start... I mean, it gets embarrassing when you start, you know, trying to uh, use a metallic, not very flexible tape measure to measure one's balls. Is one bigger than the other? Do I have Hitler syndrome? I mean, these these are things that I need to consider. But apparently there's medication out there that stops... um, it stops your balls shrinking, basically, and it's been proven in rats. That so there's rolling rats out, you know, rolling rats out there saying, "Oh, rat pains, rat pains, my balls are nice and big, yeah, right I've got sizable balls, yeah. Take this medication, rat fans. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, God knows what they did to uh, Kevin the gerbil. And if Roland's got, you know, sizable cojones, then uh, then who knows what Kevin the gerbil, or was it Kevin the hamster? I can't even remember. Roland Rat and his, uh, rhythm. so anyway, so, yeah. You know, apparently, <laughs> again, this this podcast goes from penny-farthing peloton to uh, ways to prevent your testicles from shrinking. Uh, apparently, there's seven ways to... Uh, to stop your testicles from shrinking uh one get more sleep uh number two not surprisingly cool it on the booze or if you are using the booze uh soak them in uh, like ice cold beer you know nice like little bit of icy beer icy on icy cold beer on a summer's day yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah, you you, you teabag tea the balls into the uh, into the beer and that uh, and that'll help all sorts of issues you know, because it's a chirotherapy, you know, the ice therapy does all sorts. You know, you think it's going to shrink them, but it might make them bigger. Anyway, avoid, uh, and here's one for my American fans here, avoid aluminium. Yes, I know, it's aluminum. Yeah, aluminium. Avoid aluminium. So don't rub aluminium on your balls, basically. Um, protect your testicles. You know, I'd walk around wearing a, uh, wearing a cricket box. It's a good way of protecting your testicles, like a cup that they use uh, in American football. But yeah, p- make sure you uh, put your jock strap on and uh, and wear a nice cricket box whilst uh, going about your duties. Uh, yeah, stop smoking weed. I didn't inhale, honestly, darling. Uh, call it uh, sorry, Cool it on the soy. So yeah, you don't want to have any soy because apparently that'll make you shrink, teeny weeny. Yeah, you don't want to do anything along those lines when it comes to uh, soy. So don't go around um, rubbing soy milk on the old old boy, so to speak, because it could cause all sorts of issues. And of course, uh, number one, uh, not an issue for me. Or maybe if I start pelotoning on the penny starving, I might need some steroids, but stop using steroids because it makes your... Great balls of fire shrank. So just peered my snout outside uh, for a couple of minutes to take the dogs out. And I can tell you, it's our first brass monkey alert of the season. The temperature was basically 90 degrees here in Colorado yesterday. And now it's dropped about 43 degrees. So it's sweater weather. So we have our first brass monkey alert of the autumnal winter season. Or maybe this one. Yes, Brass Monkeys Alert. And uh, I tell you, it's... I tell you, it's a little cold. I've got cold hands. My glasses steamed up. They're like... Uh, they're a little bit like Tina Turner steamy windows. No, not actually Tina Turner's steamy windows. I'm not peering in and steaming up her windows or anything. But my glasses are... I, I can hardly see out of them. They fogged up. That's how cold it is. So we're in the situation where we haven't had jumper Jenga for a while. Now, um, a little bit more organisation in my life these days. So, so I have these uh, jumper containers. They're so like zip-up bags where I put my sweaters, my jumpers. So, But don't worry. I know that uh, you, the listener, are used to my uh, chaotic jumper organising ways, which, you know, induced... And really commenced the Jumper Jenga game. Uh, There is still plenty of chaos going on. Uh, There's a big stack of jumpers ready to be felled at any moment. So we will have an all edition of Jumper Jenga coming up very soon on the podcast. But I think today, you know, we've had our Brass Monkey alert. I think also we're going to have to, uh, you know, unzip. We're going to have to unzip the uh, sweater containers for the big reveal. So... It, we're going to unzip and reveal, but I need to find myself a sweater. It's a little cold, a little chilly outside, um, but we're going to reveal the uh, the sweaters and look for a sweater for today's uh, cold pursuit to, uh, put to the Butler Training School. Yeah, I've got a lot of sweaters, right? So, you know, a lot of zips. I mean, it's almost like a, a Gimps costume here. There's more zips uh, in this sweater collection than a Gimps costume. So, we, we, oh, oh, that's a hard one, you know. <laughs> you would be pleased to re- see and reveal whatever is inside that sweater uh, container. But, uh, yeah, so sweater today, um, just headed outside, completely dressed inappropriately. I mean, I thought it might be like 60 degrees. So I, I did put a little, a little sweater on, but I still had my pink shorts on, you know. And normally my pegs, my pins, my legs are as pink as uh, the shorts I had on today. But I've got a lovely sort of uh, lovely golden tan to the leg at the moment. Now, I don't think it's dirt. I did scrub them very well uh, the other day, um, yesterday. I shower every day, people. Come on. Uh, but I want to keep it going. I mean, can we have, like, an Indian summer? Can we have an Indian summer that extends another few weeks so I can show off my pins, show off my legs for a few more weeks? But I'm quite proud of them. The bottom leg, not the top. I mean, you know, got the whole varicose vein thing going on the top, I think. On one of the legs, anyway. But, you know, my my bottom of my legs are very beautifully golden-tanned. You know, bronzed, slightly bronzed as well, I would say. No, I don't fake tan. I don't, uh, I don't cake and bake or anything like those, that sort of thing. I don't rub uh, orange uh, substance on my legs to make them orange, Donald Trump style, No, it's a, it's a beautiful sort of bronze color. Um, you'll just have to imagine. I'm not going to reveal them on the camera or anything along those lines. But uh, maybe for a few more weeks, I can uh, I can have my uh, have my legs out. Um, so I took Maggie out this morning, and I don't know if you've had this, you know, if you've got a wild corgi or any sort of younger dog that's slightly wild, slightly feral, then um, you know, having a hot cup of tea, which I, you know I'm on my third cup. I need it this morning, as I said, it was dark as uh, pitch black uh, this morning, and uh, so I took the tea with me with the two hounds, George Collie and uh, and uh, Maggie the corgi, and of course. You know, hot tea full to the brim. Maggie decides to do a business, so I have to put the cup down, and I put the cup down, and then you know have to somehow manoeuvre two leashes, get the bags out, pick up the, and pick up the nastiness, and uh, and then as all dogs they like scratch and scrape and 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 brush up a load of grass, half of it that goes into my cup. So now I have tea with poopy grass in my cup. Thanks, Maggie. Oh, wait, it's Trumble trombone. A dental nurse said he freaked out and worried he'd eaten eggs. After finding a hungry caterpillar crawling out of his breakfast, Grant Robinson brought the uh, BLT sandwich from the Tesco branch in Westbourne, Bournemouth, uh, while on the way to his job at the dental practice, having already eaten one of the packs he was about to bite into when he discovered the live green insect creeping out of the corner of the sandwich across the bread. A healthcare worker later released the multi-legged bug into the garden after bringing its nurse colleagues and gathered around to see the unexpected visitor. You know what, though? I mean, that could be a new sort of new age sandwich. I can imagine like Marks and Spencers releasing a caterpillar sandwich. You know, we, 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 we're basically ruining the planet here by all the, all the meat, um, you know, not even enough vegetables and fruit. Don't get me wrong, I can never give up meat. But w- they say that one of the best ways is start eating pugs, you know. Now, would you be more inclined to eat a cricket or would you be more inclined to eat a caterpillar? I think a crunchy, crisped up cricket or some sort of beetle might be more my style than, you know, a slimy caterpillar. But you know what? This whole caterpillar sandwich could be a new green protein booster. It's very keto friendly. And we have the first ever long distance Loch Ness Monster sighting reported in China. We Ming spotted Nessie from 5,300 miles away in Jiazhou City after he spotted the beast via a webcam. Recorder of the official Loch Ness Monster sightings register, Gary Campbell, God, I'd love to have Gary on the show, said she saw a black dot and two very close to the shore. They moved on the water for six minutes. It's the first accepted sighting we've had from China, but just shows you, you can see Nessie from anywhere in the world. Gary has logged 14 sightings this year of Nessie, including nine by a webcam overlooking the Scottish lock, the uh, Sun newspaper reports. One came from Matt Reddick in Dallas, another from Eon Far Gun in County Donegal Island. Last month, eight-year-old Benjamin Scanlon from Ickenham, London, captured the sonar image while holidaying with his family on board the Nessie Hunter on August the 26th where he spotted the figure deep in the water. I mean, so they've now spotted Nessie on a webcam from China. Uh, That's what ingesting too much MSG does for you. And a man was spooked when he walked past a century-old grave and found a wad of human hair poking beneath the tombstone. Joel Morrison from California in the US said he made the grisly discovery during a visit to St. Joseph's Catholic Cemetery in Sacramento. The 37-year-old posted on TikTok. In the clip, he stands next to the grave and pans around the camera. So here we are walking around the cemetery. I'm seeing something really effing gross. He shows a headstone that has a massive slab of concrete and notices a crack on one of the corners. And there uh, is a person's hair coming out of the crack in the tombstone. ha <laughs> ha! Hairifying! <laughs> Thank you very much for joining the podcast today. It's been lovely having you here. Uh, I will be back on uh, Saturday. I'm trying to do a Saturday. We did a little Sunday one last week. Uh, but uh, we had two podcasts last week, so uh, listen into to those. One was a very sort of um, a little bit of a different type of chappy podcast. It was, uh, I think, warm and very loving. Um, and then back to the usual nonsense. You know, I can only steer away from uh, from nonsense for a very short amount of time. But then it comes rumbling back in uh, like a uh, like an old steam train. And we're not talking like a bullet train. It sort of rumbles in like a steam train. A lot of hot air, uh, very slow, needs a bit of repair. That's chappy for you. But uh, you can listen across many different platforms, uh, from Apple Music to Spotify, podcasts. Uh, you can listen on High Art Radio, Pandora, uh, Amazon Music, Audible, all of the uh, platforms, but like and subscribe as much as you can. You know, just go in and create a few accounts, like and subscribe. That's always a glorious thing to do. And uh you can uh, you can catch me on uh many different uh, many different ways. I mean, I did hear the kettle boiling this morning. And as it boiled, as it reached the epoch of the boil, if that's even a term, I could hear The steam, the whistle of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese uh, emanating from a boiling kettle. See, I tell you, you can hear us everywhere. But coming up next, we have the poem uh, before the end of the show. Today's poem is September chill, very apt. Yikes, the air is crisp this morning. It smells different, smells clean, even with a bag over my shoulder and tastes fresh. Is that my breath? the only cloud in sight. And when did the trees begin to change? The yellow rays seem to stain the fringes and deliver little warmth. The thin breeze delivers goosebumps and geese. Through those honking fades, these dewy blades cut with cold, nippy today, slippers tomorrow. I'll hurry the moment, though I don't mind the September chill, because the chill always comes, as certain as a fall, yet surprisingly, a quick change in outlook interrupts the routine. Life's reality confronts the present. Nature reports shining. New old light. Time is short before the long cold night. But what about the garbage on my back? It has its place. Not on a curb, on a hill. Not under a mailbox, under a tree. Where the wood reminds me. I have a reliable spot for cleanup. My chore is simple and brief. The shiver is soon enough. Replaced with warmth. No, I won't mind the September chill. Until tomorrow, cheerio for now. Thanks for listening.